gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Right Here Refugees podcast. Ted here, uh, sitting down with the uh, uh, play-by-play for the Chicago Fire. Uh, he's also the co-host of the Intercontinental Football Show podcast with Arlo White. Uh, Tyler Terrence. Tyler, thanks for joining us. Ted, it is my pleasure, my honor to be talking some DC United and some Chicago <laughs> Fire with you on this Tuesday afternoon. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing well, and and thank, thanks for agreeing to come on and, and give us an insight. Um, obviously, uh, we've played the fire once. Uh, it was a one nothing victory, uh, in uh, Audi Field, I believe. It was back back in April, or I'd have to go back and look. Back in uh, either April or May thirteenth, I believe was May, the, I believe was the date. Yep, May thirteenth. So it, it feels further back, I guess, in my in mm-hmm. my memory than it, than it than it than it actually is. Uh, but give us a sense. Uh, you know, what's has any sort of major changes for the fire have sort of been since then? You guys have uh, struggled, uh, but you did pick up a few wins. Uh, last game was was not, uh, I think, what what the fire were looking for. Uh, but give us a sense. What's what's changed for the fire since since that May thirteenth game? Yeah, so, you know, there has been um, definitely some changes. Um, You're going to see a different-looking fire team than what you saw back on May 13th. Um, You know, the biggest change in what we started um, doing against Philly, and actually it was the first time that we had gone to a three-back system, uh, basically 3-5-2, since MLS is back. So we played a three-back and MLS is back last year um, for the entire tournament. Obviously, um, you know, we didn't get out of the group stages and some fans were, you know, asking, is this the right formation and whatnot? And we ended up going to a 4-2-3-1 um, that was effective and, and the boys settled into it, um, you know, following MLS's back. And that's what we were in. And then, uh, you know, Raphael Wiki, the, the head coach who actually, um, you know, stepped away for, for personal reasons, a family member, very close family member of his is having some health problems. He actually flew back to Switzerland to be with them. Um, for the time being, he's he at, at the at the very least is going to miss um, the D.C. game. And then he obviously missed the game over the weekend. Um, he implemented the three back system with FC Basel when he took them to Champions League round of 16, which is the first time that a Swiss team had, had gotten there. Um, and, and he loves the three back. And, and when we talked to him last year, he said that, you know, he wants them to be able to do it if if they're in a pinch. And I guess he felt like. They needed a little bit more cover at the back, wanted to get some higher starting positions for Boris Sekulich and Miguel Navarro, the two wing backs who, who typically play fullback. Um, and, and, and that's what he's rolled with since since the Philadelphia game. We got a 3-3 draw against Philadelphia, um, 3-0 against Atlanta, 3-1 against Orlando. And then obviously, like you said, um, not exactly the look that you want against Nashville. But as everybody at the club is saying, we're going to write that game off. And in the words of a famous television character, be a goldfish and have a short memory. And that's sort of what the fire <laughs> going to that's that's what the fire are trying to do here. So. You know, it was it was definitely a, a struggle at Nashville. You know, you go down three nil and you go down a man inside of 16 minutes. The game is gone. There's no way that you're coming back from that. It's just a reality. But with all that said, since the three back, um, we've been scoring a lot more goals. Nacho Alaseda um, has really started to settle in. He's got three goals um, this season already. He's got two goals in the past two games. And no, excuse me, that's that's not right. He did not score against Orlando. He scored he scored two against Atlanta and then he scored against Nashville. Excuse me, I'm getting, getting my games mixed up here. But, um, you know, it's just going to be a different looking formation than what we saw in that one new win for you guys. And, and you know, it's, it, it's pretty interesting, Ted, because you guys were decimated with injuries for that game. I, I believe Paul Ariola had actually made his made his comeback from from his ACL injury. That was the first game that he had appeared in quite some time. 
And then in addition to that, I think Flores scored his first goal for DC United. Um, then obviously was in a good run of form and then got hurt. Um, but it, it's sort of the same story, maybe even more so. You guys have more injuries and, and missing pieces than you did back on that May 13th game. But as the fire found out, um, you guys are extremely deep. Loud United has served you guys really well in terms of guys being able to bounce back and forth and, and contributing when they need to. I think Drew Scundrich actually got the start, um, which is his first major league soccer start. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting prospect, but for the fire, you know, it's definitely a different looking formation, um, with a lot of the same, uh, names and faces that, that DC United fans saw back on May 13th. Yeah, I think, I think when we last played May 13th, we were kind of sort of getting, uh, most players sort of back from injury. Uh, you're right. We are, we've been bitten by the, the injury bug again. Uh, it looks like you guys might have to deal with the, uh, with Johnny Boulevard coming from Loudon is looking like the potential, uh, starting, starting yeah. forward there. Um, give me a sense. So one, one thing I find interesting, you know, obviously uh, the five one result kind of kind of uh, hung hung with me a little bit because we we saw a, a, a another coach and another team that I mean the fire I know lately uh, they have new ownership uh, they're trying to be ambitious they're trying to go connect with the fans uh, but give me a sense you know Rafael Wiki was hired December uh, in 2019 obviously 2020 you, you kind of write it off uh, unless you had a coach for 10 years uh, like DC have with Ben Olsen I think that was kind of the, the the straw that broke the camel's back uh, but give me a sense what what is the what is the rope uh, for for Rafael Wiki because I mean lately you know, you see some some good things with this team. I feel, but overall, you look at the overall picture, and you're like, it's still just. It, 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 I mean, for lack of a better word, it's not good enough. I don't think the team envisions being bottom of the table uh, for 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 the foreseeable future. No, of course not. I mean, listen, Ted. You know, you've been around this game long enough. It, it, of course, it's not what you want. I mean, no team has the aspirations to go set out and be you know in eleventh place in in mid July. But the reality is, is that this is a team. Ted, that, you know, we're, we were an expansion team last year without the two-year runway to try to build a roster, if that makes sense. So new ownership comes in, um, you know, new badge, um, obviously that has since been changed, going back to Soldier Field, new offices downtown that I'm sitting in right now. I mean, this fire is is, is almost unrecognizable um, from, from previous iterations of, of the club, all, all in a good sense. Um, you know, a lot of fans will say that it's the same old fire, blah, 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 and all those comments on social media. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that this is a team and it's not an excuse, but more so a reality. This is a team that was thrown together 17, 18 new signings in between the 1920 season, in addition to integrating an entirely new technical staff, bringing in a head coach in Rafael Wicke, bringing in a sporting director and a technical director in George Heights and Sebastian Peltzer and trying to make it work in the middle of a pandemic. Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Now, every team in the league had to deal with it and every team went through it, but Again, the fact of the matter is, is that it's not Miami, it's not Nashville, where you had two years to try to put a roster together. They had about three months to put a roster together. And again, it's not an excuse. And, and, and you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of this game just as much as I, I'm an employee of this game. You know, I obviously want to see results. I want to see the fire play well. I work for them. You know, I've, I've fallen in love with the city and this team. Um, you know, the, the word on the, you know, the word here is that, you know, Raphael Wiki is, is, is a smart, level-headed, intelligent, caring, empathetic, and, and he's a good person as well. Those are all things that you want in a head coach. You know, we've seen some, some things going on around the league, particularly with some accusations against Gabriel Heinze that, you know, that, that aren't ideal. You know, you're not getting that with Raphael Wiki. You're getting somebody who treats players like adults. He's going to look them in the eye. He's going to tell them exactly what he expects of them. If they're not performing, he's not going to yell and scream and, you know, make a scene. He's just going to simply, um, you know, tell them that he expects more. Um, 
But at the end of the day, you know, there are some, you know, there are some players that we've yet to see. You talked about Stanislav Ivanov um, briefly, but, you know, he's a player that we signed in the offseason. That was probably the most polished and game ready. He tears his meniscus and has, you know, is out for four to six months in, during preseason. We had seven injuries at the beginning of preseason, basically all of them in the attacking in the attacking third, um, you know. And, and at the end of the day, you know, Robert Berich has, has you know, went a 10-match goalless streak, you know, your highest-paid player, your designated player. And he's a streaky goal scorer, and he's proven that. He had he had a seven-match streak last year where he didn't score, but then he goes on a tear and scores in six straight games and almost sets a club record. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of things that have contributed to um, maybe a lack of results that we've seen. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is still very much a, you know, we're building something here. Um, and and again, this was this was basically starting a team from scratch. And I know that maybe some fans in the Chicago area don't want to hear that, but it's just the reality. And when you start a team from scratch, there are going to be some things you get wrong. There are going to be some things that you get right. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I enjoy talking to Raphael Wiki. I think he's incredibly intelligent. He is the guy. Um, and, and we're just going to see what, what's going to happen. You know, they wanted to be, have some continuity heading into this year. They stuck with a group that won five games and that just missed out on the postseason. Um, if not for, for a last minute loss against NYCFC on decision day last year. So, you know, it, who knows what could happen if they won that game, got into the postseason, you never know, but, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, this club obviously still is, is driving towards and is working towards. They do not want to be in 11th place. I can tell you that mm -hmm. with, with the utmost of confidence, um, but there's still a lot of things that need to settle in. And, you know, Rafael Wicke still has not coached. What have we played 12 or 13 games? We played 24. So he barely just eclipsed his first year um, as far as a 34 game normal MLS schedule is concerned. Just barely. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, you, keeping that in perspective for fire fans, I think I think is pretty big. Sorry for a long winded answer, but but it requires. No, 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 I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think it's 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 certainly fair this is this is really the first sort of normal season we could uh, we could ask for. Uh, DC obviously made the move, but I think that was that was sort of coming um, when you when you forget to to actually make sure your lineup set correctly. I think that was kind of the writing on the wall for for me and a lot of other fans uh, with 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 regards to Ben. So I understand the team sort of saying, you know, we're going to give him time, like you said, and, and obviously there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. I didn't know it was this was just like a complete wholesale change from top to bottom almost for the fire. So that's uh, that's very interesting and. And certainly good to see, and and they certainly seem engaged with the fans, which I think is the most important thing. Um, with, with regards to that, I, I did want to also ask. Um, obviously, the move to, to to Soldier Field has kind of sort of been the the big move. Um, do you see that? I mean, obviously, we'll tell you anything. You put a successful product on the field, people show up. Um, I've yep. been, I've actually been out to to games at Soldier Field. I went out um, when I was in middle school out to see actually them play DC United. It just so happened I was visiting at the time. Uh, and I remember the crowds being, being a little uh, on the, on the sparse side, but um, I could certainly see it was certainly a very uh, beautiful stadium, great location. You know, everybody knows where it is. Uh, you know, what sort of, we're, we're kind of in the, in the first uh, 2020, like I said, we can throw that out. Uh, that, I mean, that wasn't really, uh, that wasn't really a good indication. Uh, how have you seen sort of the move was sort of, uh, bringing in fans? Do you see, you know, fans, maybe that, you know, the, the, the drive out to Bridgeview was, was not a good, was, was just not something you would want to see. And now you're seeing more fans come in. Uh, what, what is sort of the move to soldier field sort of meant, uh, for, for the Chicago fire? It's been massive, Ted. It really has. I mean, when you think about Soldier Field and the history behind it, you know, the Chicago Bears and, you know, going back to the early days of the Chicago Fire from 98 until the early 2000s before they moved to Bridgeview, um, you know, that 
that's where the team, that's what the fans identify with is that Chicago fire. You know, Frankie Klopas, um, you know, Kaseki and Ante Razov and Demarcus Beasley and Carlos Bocanegra when they're 18, 20 years old. You know, that is the Chicago fire that they identify with. And, you know, football teams are meant to be in the city downtown. Right. Like football teams are meant to be in the in the, in the heart of, of the city that they're playing in. And Bridgeview is not the heart of Chicago. You know, God bless Bridgeview and, and SeatGeek Stadium. But it's just a fact. I'm not I'm nothing against it, but it's just it's just the way that it is. And, you know, Joe Mansueto, when he when he took over the team as the owner, you know, recognized that. And he said, I want to get them back to Soldier Field, whatever it takes. And and we had full capacity for the first time against Atlanta United, a 3-0 win. And, and Ted, it was deafening in there. Um, you know, full, full, full capacity for soccer is about, you know, 26, five, uh, I believe is the number. And we had about 16 there. It was, it was, I, I believe it was pretty bad weather on that day. Um, but we still got 16,000 people out there and it was an incredible, incredible atmosphere. And it's only going to get better. And like you said, it's not rocket science. You know, there's there's no secret formula. If you put a good product on the field, they will come. If you build it, they will come. And the Chicago Fire are continuing to build something. Is it maybe taking a little bit longer than, than fans had hoped for? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, they're still building. And, and, and we've seen glimpses of what this team and what some of the young players that they've signed can do. And combine that with the Soldier Field experience and being on the lakefront, um, and it's just going to continue to take off. I mean, this club is only going in one direction and it's up. And when everything starts to click between the front office, the product on the field, the game day experience that's led by some incredible people here at the Chicago Fire that have been waiting for, you know, a year and a half to be able to put this on, finally are able to do so. And it's and it's it's really, you know, the best experience for the fan. You know, you can take a walk along the lakefront trail for maybe, you know, like a Two hours before the game, you roll in, there's Burnham Downs, this big fan festival that happens every game. You know, there's little games that you can play. There's small sided and beer and the whole thing. Like, it's just a great experience. And it's really been amazing for the club. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely something I'd be interested in in in, in checking out again. You mentioned those uh, those names, Ante Razov. Uh, you, you left off a couple other names, and I'm glad you did because I would have gotten PTSD uh, from from some of that. Although one, <laughs> one one of your former midfielders did give us an MLS our last MLS Cup, so I, I will give you all that. Uh, I want to get a question on uh, uh, Stanislav uh, Ivanov, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So he he's ready to make yep, his fire debut. You talked about his um, his injury he picked up in preseason, so maybe that maybe uh, maybe you can't really tell me much, but I mean, give me what what have you sort of seen from him as a player? Uh, what can we expect? Because it looks like he might be available. Maybe he uh, maybe he'll start in this game, and that might be something different that uh, that fans uh, won't be expect uh, at, that DC fans won't have it won't have really had a chance to see. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I haven't seen a ton of him. You know, when he when we first were. Um, signing him, you know, I, I was looking at some scouting videos and, and the like, and what I saw was a player who, number one, is just incredibly passionate about the game. He loves to play. He loves to score big goals, loves the moment, loves to go celebrate with the fans. I mean, he's a footballer's footballer. So that's number one. Number two, he's incredibly fast. He, he's very pacey. He's quick laterally. He can go north to south, um, and and he can and he can break lines and stretch the field. He's solid on the ball. Um, you know, he's got a nice low center of gravity. Um, you know, he's he he can finish in the attacking third. He has a good um, range of passing, and I think that he has good vision as well. And if he's given time and space, he can pick out a killer pass as well. 
Um, you know, he, I think his best position would probably be as like an inverted winger. He's right footed, put him on the left side, let him cut inside and let him link up that way. You could also put him a striker. And I think you could even potentially play him, you know, on the interim, play him as, you know, some sort of hybrid eight, 10 role, um, sitting in front of a, a holding descent, defensive central midfielder. So, you know, he clearly has a range and, and he can offer different things to the club. And he had some interest from some big clubs. I think Galatasaray was after him a little bit and we were able to beat them to the punch or, you know, maybe our offer was a little bit better, whatever the case might be. But he's a guy who was garnering some interest. He's only about 21 years old. He's still very young. Um, he's always got a big smile on his face. And I think he's chomping at the bit. I mean, this is a guy that came to a new country, integrated into a new culture. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, who are coming maybe for some of these smaller leagues, the idea of playing in the United States and playing in major league soccer, I mean, beyond their wildest dreams. And, you know, he's starting to get ready, starting to get fit. And then he goes down with a meniscus injury that they initially thought was only going to be four to six weeks. And it ends up being four to six months. So you can see a guy that's really hungry. He's not match fit. I, I would be shocked if he starts. Um, you know, maybe he's coming off the bench and maybe inject some fresh legs and, and stretch the field. But um, this is a player that, you know, when when we signed John Espinosa, Chinoso 04, and, and Stanislav Ivanov, um, I, I always thought that he was the most game ready and most polished and ready to go. So I'm really eager to see him, and I know that the fans are as well. All right, so uh, DC fans obviously know uh, uh, Frankowski, Barrick. Obviously, we know Fabian Herbers. Uh, this is, this is uh, I think, officially now been dubbed the DOS Soccer Podcast rivalry, uh, considering <laughs> two, you have two players that host that host a podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, but uh, qu- who's a player maybe that, uh, you know, maybe you feel doesn't get enough national attention on the fire. Who's a player that, you know, you're surprised in circles, doesn't get attention or, or, or a player maybe that uh, DC fans might not be familiar with uh, that you think would be an, an interesting player to watch on, uh, on Wednesday. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned him, but Madron, um, you know, he's he's the guy in the middle of the field. He's got, you know, about 80 La Liga appearances to his name. He came up to Real Madrid, actually came on as a substitute for Luka Modric in his in his debut for um, for Real Madrid at one point in time. So this is a guy that clearly has the skill to play at that level. Um, I think he's about 28 now. He just turned 28. Um, he's incredibly smooth on the ball. He was he's been three times named the team of the week in consecutive weeks. Um you know, before the Nashville game, he had five assists in three matches. You know, this is a guy who can boss the middle of the field. And, and you know, like he he's one of those players. He, he's just electric in the middle of the park. And it almost kind of gives you a heart attack while he's doing it. He'll hold on to the ball and make you think that he's taking too many touches. But then he'll blow right past, you know, one or two one or two guys who are pressing. You know, and I, that's that's your guy's styles. You're going to run you're going to run straight at us for 90 minutes. Um, and Madron's going to try to take some of those guys on. And if he can break the first line of pressure, he's going to hit a great pass on the other end and try to stretch the field. So he's a guy to keep an eye on in the middle of the field. And, and, you know, he's just a lot of fun to watch. He's a number 10 and he plays like it. He's got that swagger. He's got that confidence and, and he can do some really special things on the ball. Well, Tyler, thank you so, so much for joining us, my friend. Before I let you go, I uh, did want to get a prediction out of you. What do you, what are you feeling like oh. for this game? <laughs> we always do this with our guests. We, we I don't, we... know, I know. <laughs> Prediction for the game. So you guys like to press. You just gave up two almost identical goals to Philadelphia on the counterattack. I thought you guys actually did enough to win that game. You're going to be a little bit pissed off about that. Um, obviously, with some injuries, I know Perez went down and and Canals. No word on them yet. Um, let's go two one to the fire. 
Ooh, two one. I'm I'm going one one. I, I think a lot one, of fans one. are there. There are a lot of fans in the in the DC area. I think that are kind of writing this game. I mean, I would say this is probably the game we're going to look to win. Um, I think we'll come up short. I think we got injuries. Um, I think we'll do enough. But uh, I think I'm thinking a, a one one a one one draw here. Uh, Tyler, thank you so so much for joining us, my, uh, my friend. You've been an awesome guest. Thanks for giving us a, a preview of the fire. Uh, give me, uh, you know, if you want to drop anything for fans that might be listening to. Um, obviously, your podcast I know is produced with the Chicago Fire, but it seems to be you guys are taking more of a, an international uh, soccer approach uh, with Arlo White. So, so definitely, uh, you know, pl- feel free to plug that. Plug whatever you would like. This is this is your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, so the podcast was just launched last week, um, first episode in the books, and, and we got some really good feedback on it. It's called the Intercontinental Football Show. You can get it anywhere um, where you look up your podcasts. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun. You know, Arlo White, the voice of the Premier League, not much more to say about him. He's, he's an absolute gem of a of a football host and commentator and, and, and a human being. And I love working with him and getting to know him while he called a few games for us. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter at TN Terrans, I just got verified a couple of weeks ago, so I'm still riding that high. Um, and that's about it. That's all I got, Ted. And I uh, appreciate you having me on. Again, Intercontinental Football Show is the podcast. We talk Premier League. We talk, you know, big football storylines. And then we'll also talk some Chicago Fire as well. It is a Chicago Fire FC production. Um, but looking forward to the game on Wednesday. And uh, hopefully it's an entertaining one that ends in a fire three points. And I know that that's not exactly a popular opinion on this podcast. But darn it, I'm going to say it anyway. Ted, I appreciate you, pal. We appreciate tribalism in any forms, trust me. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so, so much for listening. Again, twitter.com slash rfqrefugees, rfqrefugees.com. Uh, we're going to put this up for Patreons. Probably I'll put it off this e- – uh, if you're listening this on if you're listening this on our Patreon, we appreciate it. If you're listening to this uh, on Wednesday morning or maybe a little bit later Tuesday evening, join our Patreon. You get early access to all this content, so definitely check it out. Uh, I want to thank Tyler again for joining the show, and we will catch you guys uh, – we're doing another we – got, we got two games. we got to do more previews. We'll catch you all later. Vamos.